Well, it's Christmas. It is the season of giving. (laughs) And if the advertisers didn't remind us, we'd know it by the multitude of tiny tots with their faces all aglow. (laughs) And the haggard looks of the store clerks, right? Uh, That got me to thinking uh, uh, about the different kinds of gifts that there are. And you may never have thought about that before. You probably have more important things to do with your time. But if you ever did think about it, you would realize that the gifts that you give and receive all fit into different categories. Now, there's uh, one category that I think you would recognize immediately The gifts that come home for only a short visit. So dad buys his teenage daughter an article of clothing. She opens the box and she says, thanks, daddy. You saved the receipt, didn't you? Has to have the smile. The gift only came for a visit. And don't worry, dad. She understands. She knows you don't know. After a while, you think, maybe you've got it figured out. You give her a gift card to a nice clothing store. And when she opens it, she smiles and says, thanks, Daddy. And then she suggests that you give that particular card to Grandma and just give her the cash. Who knew? <laughs> but she understands. There are also those gifts that bounce. Some of them are basketballs and other are soccer balls. But then there are those which, upon opening you realize are definitely going to get bounced to someone else next Christmas. I think they call it regifting in the polite circles. Here's a tip. Make sure you take the from card that doesn't slip down into the box or the person you bounce that gift to will know who really gave it. Anna and I got one one year. We didn't know who to send the thank you card to. Well, we were careful to remove all the signs of gifting before we bounced it in another direction. <laughs> well, we didn't want the person who received it from us to have to send out three thank you cards for one gift that just didn't seem right. Uh, of course, if it's a particularly hideous gift, you, you might want to leave the from card in it and make sure the recipient knows that's not your taste. There's a subcategory, by the way, uh, to those gifts that bounce. It's called the boomerang gift. You bounce that gift to someone, and who they forget where it came from, and she or he bounces it back to you the following Christmas. That's the boomerang. It poses an interesting dilemma. Do you bounce it back to continue the tradition, or do you send it elsewhere? You know, those are all gifts which come for a visit. And then there's the gift uh, that's in the what is it category. You know what that is. You open the box and you say, what is it? And it turns out it's a solar-powered musical can opener for, for some reason plays the old tune, Hot Cross Buns, whenever you use it. And the box says, just leave it in the sun on the kitchen windowsill so it's always fully powered when you need it. And you didn't even know you needed it. And then there are those gifts you wonder about that are sitting there under the tree in their packaging. And I know you're thinking, well, I want to know what's in all of those gifts under the tree, right? But I'm talking about the kind of gift that comes from old, weird Uncle Harry. (laughs) He's the one that sent you the dragonfly eggs and a manual on how to form a habitat for them, a do-it-yourself home, exterior, economic, and all-natural, good-for-the-environment pest control system. And dragonflies really are quite efficient, by the way. 
They have a voracious appetite for others' insects. And then there are the gifts that you don't pay much attention to. When you first receive them, and they turn out to be really useful. Now, I know I told you about the dustbuster that Ann and I got from my friend Bruce. Uh, that was actually a wedding gift, but it's a good example. I laughed at it, and I kidded him. It was such a guy gift. But it turned out to be really useful until we had toddlers in the house, and then we traded in for an industrial-sized shop vac. Those are just some of the categories of gifts. And then there are the special gifts, the memorable ones. The train set you got one Christmas when you were small. The 10-speed bike you wanted so badly, your first shotgun. The Nintendo game box you bought for the kids. Uh, At least that's what you said, but it was really for yourself. The multi-master tool that was so very versatile and would save so much labor for your wife if you could get her to use it. And, And the dresses and the shoes and the purses and the jewelry. But then I switched gears again, haven't I? Those are the good gifts. Yet there are other gifts in the other categories. Those ones that we talked about, even those other gifts in those categories, the what is it gifts, the gifts that come for a short visit to the house, and even old weird Uncle Harry's gifts, they all come because of an abundance problem that we have in this country and not a scarcity problem. And when you think about it, This country is a gift, isn't it? (laughs) For all of its problems, it is still the greatest nation in the world. We didn't choose it. We didn't work for it. Some of you have defended it, but it was already here. It's a gift from those who went on before, and we have to keep it, if we can, to pass it on to uh, our next generation. Our own Richard Sankar had to study and pass a test to become a United States citizen. And I'm sure if you asked him, he'd say that even then it's a gift to live here. It really is a great gift, and we often take it for granted. And then there are those gifts, those gifts that ought to be eternal. They're intended to be. They were given with that in mind, but you and I have a say about that, and I'll explain that in a moment. But I'm talking about our families. Our wives, our husbands, our sons, our daughters, our moms and dads and aunts and uncles, our nieces and nephews and first cousins and kinfolk from afar. I'm talking about our friends and neighbors, our churches, maybe even our communities. Those are all gifts, good gifts, perfect gifts which can last forever. If only we'll follow through. And again, I'll come back to that in a moment. But first, do you know where all the good gifts come from? They come from God. That's what the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Every good thing you have ever had has come from God. Everything. And that's true whether you have faith in him or not, or you honor him or not, or you believe that he exists or not. He still gives you good gifts. He sends the needed rain and the blessed sunshine on both the just and the unjust because he's good and wants to show us he loves us. Every good thing anyone has ever had 
has come from God. It is true that people don't often appreciate what he's given them. Sometimes they discard it. They throw it away. They consign a good gift to the ash heap or the dustpit. But it was a good gift all the same from the hand of God who loves them. And it's also true that sometimes people don't understand what a perfect gift really is. Can I tell you a secret? My wife is not perfect. But then neither am I. <laughs> you know that part, though, didn't you? I had to tell you only about Anne. And yet, even though neither one of us is perfect, she's the perfect wife for me. And the other side is harder to believe, but it's just as true. I happen to be the perfect husband for her. God brought us together, and he doesn't make any mistakes. Sometimes Ann and I have discussions, debates, okay, arguments. And for a little while, we might, not remember that that other one is perfect for us. But when we're in the midst of the debate, we don't throw it all away. Sooner or later, we come to our senses. Every good and perfect gift, anyone, anywhere, at any time has ever had, has come from God. There's an old song, the words of which I can adapt this way. If the sky were parchment and all the oceans were ink, if every blade of grass were a quill and every person a scribe by trade, there would not be enough sky or ink or grass or people to tell of the good gifts that God has given even to a small group of people. And then there are so many things he gives us that we aren't even aware of or, or, or we never think of or we forget they come from him. Our, our jobs, our talents, our homes and cars and food and clothing, the world we live in, the crops that grow, the bees that buzz, the music and the art and the beauty which inspires us. It all comes from him, though we often forget it. All of those things are gifts from God. All of them are good, and all of them are perfect in their own way. But there is one gift that is better than all of the rest. And in a sense, it contains all the rest. The best gift of all, the most important one God has ever given, the one gift that truly is perfect in every conceivable definition of that word is the reason we're here tonight. God gave us his son. That's what Christmas is all about. He was born in a stable, not in a palace, because anyone can enter a stable, even the lowliest. You and I could have gone in there on that night if we'd have been there. And the rich and powerful and influential, they can go there too, if they dare. He was given freely, even though the father knew that he would be rejected by many. Even though he knew his son would go to the cross, he gave him anyway. He planned it. That was the point. 
God loves us. He loves us still. And to save us, he had to give his son. His son had to die. It was the only way. It wasn't enough for him to be born. To pay for our sins, he had to die in our place. But after the payment, after the crucifixion, there came the resurrection. Jesus didn't stay dead. Yes, he, he died, but he rose again. And the evidence supporting that truth is beyond question. He rose to new life. He rose never to die again. He rose from the grave, and in so doing, he gave us the promise of new life, an abundant life, a life which will never end, or he made the offer to us. It's the kind of life that God offers you in his Son. And only a God who is good beyond our understanding could give such a gift at such a great cost to himself and his son. The father of heavenly lights, our text calls him. And as he was that good to give that perfect gift, he is still that same God today. There isn't even a hint of his changing, like a shadow that shifts. We don't deserve that good and perfect gift. We don't deserve any of the good things God's given us. He gave them to us not because we are good. We're not. I know that bothers some people when I tell them that, but what else can I do? It's true. Just as I would wake you if I saw you through the window sleeping on your sofa and your house was on fire, even though you might get angry with me and go back to sleep, I would still wake you. So I tell you now, wake up. You are not good enough. You need God. And he offers us good gifts. Not because we deserve it, but because he is good and he loves us. All those other God gifts that God gave you, those which he wants you to have forever, they all hinge on that one gift given that first Christmas. God still offers that gift. You know that, don't you? He offers it to different people every day, to every person at time, one time or another. He offers the gift everywhere in this world that there are people. Each one chooses what they will do with that gift. Each one decides to take the gift or turn their back on it. And as that gift goes, so goes every other good thing we have ever known. We either keep it all forever or in the mend, it won't matter that we ever had it, for it will be gone, it will be gone forever. Every good and perfect gift you or anyone else has ever had has come from God. It can be yours forever if you belong to, get, to God, if you receive that best gift he's ever given, if you take Jesus into your life. Tonight, in my own poor way, I tried to offer you a gift. 
It's, it's a good gift, e- even though it's offered by a very imperfect person. It's the gift of the truth. I've told you what is real. I've told you what the Bible says. I've told you of God's gift of love and that he offered you his son. I know of nothing better. The Bible says he who has the son of God has life and he who does not have the son does not have life. It's the truth. (laughs) It's as simple as that. The gift is there. All you have to do is accept it. And if you don't understand, if you need help, if this doesn't quite make sense to you, or if you want somebody to sit with you and help you to understand it, to see it, to hear what the Bible says, then then I want you to come. I want you to talk to me. Take the gift while you can. Take the gift. And then not only will Christmas be merry, but so will your forever. And now in closing, let me say to those who already have the Son, and to everyone else too, let me say again, on this Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas, my friends. Merry Christmas. And may God bless you and all of yours. Can I get the guys that are going to help me with the candles come up here?